You're listening to the John Stapleton Podcast. The issue with society is the father wound. A lot of us are dealing with our father issues, and that plays out throughout the rest of our life. And we don't, we don't have the same father issues. Uh, most of us grew up without a dad. Uh, some of us grew up with a dad that was physically present but emotionally absent. And then again, others of us had dads that were physically present and emotionally abusive, maybe even physically abusive. Maybe they tried to live their life vicariously through you. Maybe they failed at sports and so they're trying to push you. And sports are great. Uh, it's great for character building, especially in younger ages and things like that. Uh, but there comes a, a point where um, dad feels like a failure, and so he has to live his life through his children. And so people, we're, we're dealing with all of that, and we take that on into adulthood. I mean, childhood is the, is the time in our lives where we are the most impressionable, and it can leave a mark, things that are said to us or done to us. And, and a lot of those things may have even been just tongue-in-cheek, like they weren't really trying to hurt you, but it left a scar. Hey, today I want to talk to to you about the father wound. It's November the second, and uh, and and I'm I'm entitling this episode "Stop Blaming Your Father." Stop blaming your father. Um, truth is, some of us had good dads, absent dads, no dads, uh, or not. That's the same as absent. Uh, abusive dads, but but we all have some thing that we need to work through. Even if you had a good dad, he wasn't God the Father. He wasn't perfect. Um, so you, you too have some things to work through. Um, some of us may need to go to counseling. Some of us maybe just need to, um, you know, at least need to process through our life. Um, going back to episode one about mindfulness. Let me share with you um, my story. And uh, I want to talk to you just about, you know, how I process this in my life. Uh, my anger, my depression, my father wound. Um, so here's my story. My and 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 my. I'll say this. <laughs> um, this is my story. This is not my mom's story. This is not my dad's story. This is my story, and they happen to be involved. So, uh, I grew up in. So I was born in 1993. Uh, I grew up to a you know a single mom. She had to be both mom and dad. Dad was not in the home. And as a kid, I didn't really know why he wasn't in the home, but my mom would tell me that he was abusive, like he would try to kill her on several occasions. And he came to visit once when I was six, but, you know, she wouldn't let him visit. And, you know, growing up, you just wonder what a man looks like, what a man does, what a man does for wreck, you know, for, for uh, leisure. Um, and without a living, breathing example in the home, you are left to what you see around you. Um, we went to church for, uh, you know, periods here and there in, in my childhood. And so there were men there. It's like, okay, well, that's what a man looks like. Uh, or you, you flip on the TV and, and you see the rappers or you see, you know, uh, various actors. You see, I, I was into martial arts. I love Jet Li and Keanu Reeves and, and um, Jackie Chan back when I was a kid. And so, you know, I look at that and I'm, I'm like, okay, a man fights. A man, that's what a man is. Um, but, you know, if you look to culture for your view of masculinity, you're going to be pulled in this direction and that direction. And now we don't even know 
or can define what a man is. That's for another podcast, though. Um, you fast forward to my 20s, I get really depressed. I get really depressed. Um, and, and I, you know, I, I literally, I remember I spent my 21st birthday, uh, I would do this actually periodically, uh, every year I would go on Facebook and just complain about, you know, how my dad wasn't there and life's hard and I'm a victim and and on and on and on. And actually there was a church I was going to in the area. Um, my, my, the church I wanted to go to was Crossroads, uh, not Crossroads, um, Community Fellowship of West Chicago. That was the place I went to for 10 years. And whenever I would have a car, I would drive up there. Uh, when I didn't have a car, there was a church within walking distance from my apartment. It took me 20 minutes to walk there, um, a brisk walk. And, um, and the pastor's son, um, he said, he messaged me one day. He's like, hey, this is, this is, I know how you feel, but this is sin. This is wrong. You can't keep blaming your dad. And, you know, when I first heard that, when that was fresh, I took offense. I'm like, how dare you talk about things you don't understand? How dare you talk about my life? But the more I, I sat with it and, and thought about it, I'm like, you know what? He, he's making complete sense. I can't go on blaming my dad for stuff. And that's that started the healing process, being called out and then thinking about it. And, and so now that you know, uh, so let me fast forward to when I was 26, no, 27, maybe 28. I was about like 27. I think I was 27. I was working at Tyndale about like five years ago and, um, not, I guess three years ago. Uh, and, um, and I get a call from my aunt. Now back then, my family, as far as I've experienced them, it's probably maybe different in various other pockets, but we generally don't talk to each other unless someone died. Now there's a funeral to go to, and that's our family reunion. Um, and so she called me, and she's like, and so I'm like, hey, did someone die? And he's, she's like, no, your dad wants to talk to you. He's been, he's been trying to reach you. Do you want to talk to him? Do you want his number? And I'm like, I don't know. Uh, let me think about this. I called her back an hour later. I'm like, sure, give me the number. And I call him that night and I introduce myself. It's very awkward at first. And, uh, and there was kind of a, a pause and he's like, well, what do you want to know? And I'm, I, I have, I, I'm like, I have questions. And he's like, what do you want to know? And so I, I just went through my mental file and, and pulled out all the things that I've ever heard about him from my mother. And I just asked like, Okay, what's your perspective on it? <laughs> uh, what's your perspective? And and you know some things he's like, yeah, that's true. Some other things he's like, no, that's not true. And um, you know one thing that, that I'm still not clear on, like I I had a brother that was conceived two years before I was, and he was an abortion. And um, you know according to my mom, and and so I always grew up thinking that hey, I I I may have a older brother in heaven. Uh, you know, it's that that's got two years on me, and my my dad's like, no, no, that's not true. So again, like there was just some things where it's like I'm not going to get closure on this. They're both liars at points of the story, and it was at that moment, uh, and I won't say that moment. I mean, I've been working on this like five years before the conversation. I think when I was 23, I started to you know take responsibility for my life and stop blaming my dad for things. Um, and, and seriously, this is the reason why some of you don't aspire to get married or get a job or, you know, you know, make something of yourself because you keep blaming your dad for things and you're 30 years old. 
but I, you know, I, I realize, you know, I'm not going to get closure on this. Um, but, and that's okay. And just leave it. And even before I got closure, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to blame him. Um, and so here, here's my biblical encouragement. There is this um, wonderful chapter in the book of Ezekiel. It's chapter 18. Um, I actually went over it a few years ago uh, when I was talking about critical theory and it, you know if it's ethical or not. Let me just summarize Ezekiel 18 for you. Um, and I, re- I really want you to hone in on verses 20 and 21. Uh, but basically, there are two scenarios. There is um, there's a good father and a bad son. So there's a good father. like He does right by the poor. He honors God. Um, and, 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 and he, the Bible says he's going to be saved because of his righteousness, because of the, the, the good life that he lived. But let's say he has a bad son. Is that bad son going to have a relationship with God because his good father did? No. Uh, the bad son is going to be responsible for the life that he chose. Same thing if there was a bad son uh, or a bad son who in turn fathers a good son. Is the good son going to be punished for what the bad son did? Now their father? No. No. But what if there is a line of wickedness? What if there is a line of, hey, this father was bad, and then this father was bad, and this father was bad, or this father was good, and this father was good, and this father was good? Um, well, you have what some summarize as a generational curse or generational blessing. The longer people walk with God in your family line, the more advantages you have and the more blessed you tend to be. And the more your family becomes, you know, follows evil, the worse and worse and worse they get from generation to generation. And so God says, I'm judging every generation on their own merit. Yeah, there are some things to consider because of the family that we came from. And yeah, we do bring some things from our family, but that's not the deciding factor in God's eyes. You're responsible for your life. That, that, that's my point today. You are responsible for your life. Yeah, your dad did some things. Yeah, your dad didn't do some things. You're 30 years old. You're 25 years old. You're a grown man. And listen, a lot of you have your own children. And if you're not careful and if you don't heal up and learn from, from your dad wounds, you're going, to, you're going to put that on your children. You're going to put that on your children. And I, I know you still have dad wounds because of how you talk about him. Some of you are like, I'm not calling him father. He's my sperm donor. Needless to say, yes, he's your father. I wouldn't call him dad. That's more of an intimate term. Um, but you are right to say that he is the person that biologically gave you life. That's a father. But I understand, you know, if there are other people and that, that was a saving grace for me. God kept sending in people like Jerry Demas uh, that, that were father figures and that helped me at various points of my life. I would encourage you, as you're seeking healing, be that for someone else because that's how you heal. One of the reasons why I'm in youth ministry is because when I was at my lowest points in life, middle school, high school, the four years after high school, it was it was my church and it was my youth ministry uh, that, that kept me grounded. Um, and, and I want to give back in the same capacity. So what's the point of all this? I know your father hurt you, but don't put that on the Heavenly Father. You know, we sing a song in church, you're a good, good father. At least they, they used to sing that a few years ago. And I had trouble singing that song because it 
father must have been, it, uh, uh, it, it might as well be a cuss word. <laughs> but I realized, wait a minute, it's actually an honor to share that title with God, Father. The way young kids know, start to learn about God is they, they, they start watching their earthly father. And if their earthly father doesn't exhibit the same character as God the Father, that's a disservice, that's a lie. And that's what births the father wound. And so you need to grow up and learn that God is not like that. God is actually perfect. And actually, all of us that are trying to be good fathers and good role models need to... We, we are never full men. We're not, we're not complete full men until we learn who God is, and we have a relationship with him. And only then can we heal from our father wound, and we can reach back and give to the next generation. God bless. Don't grow bitter.